As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping... Your parenting is slipping. Your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me. I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Today, my featured guest is Rhea Story. You can find her at riastory.com. That's R-I-A, Story. Now, Rhea, like many, faced adversity in her life. Rhea was sexually abused by her father from age 12 until age 19, forced to play the role of his wife, and even shared with other men. Desperate to escape, she left home at 19 years old without a job, without a car, or even without a high school diploma. Today, Rhea is a motivational leadership speaker, TEDx speaker, and author of 13 books. Rhea founded Fearfully and Wonderfully Me, empowering women to become the leaders they are destined to be. Rhea shares powerful leadership principles and tools of transformation from her journey to equip and empower women 
helping them maximize their potential in life and leadership. Now, Rhea's story today, BC Nation, is going to be a story of, you know, being born into a family where pain and evil came at her and she was innocent. She didn't do anything to cause it. It was brought upon her. And maybe one of you, as you're listening right now, have been in a similar situation. You're really going to connect with Rhea's story. Uh, maybe one of you is still in Rhea's past situation. And you're going to get inspired to stand up for yourself, to flee, to escape, to run to God, to run to others who love and care about you. So her story is an inspirational story to say it doesn't matter where you come from or how you started in this life. It only matters where you end up. Where are you going? Where is God taking you? And if you allow tragedy in your life, okay, that's part of your story. And it's going to be used to help and inspire others that are going through that. So Rhea's story, you can find at riastory.com. Rhea, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and take a quick minute. Uh, just fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Oh, sure. Thank you, Joseph. It's, you know, when I share my story, I, I've heard uh, some comments before that that some people perceive my story as as being depressing or, you know, a story of hardship. And it it really, number one, it's not my story. It's God's story told through my life. And I see it as absolutely a story of hope and healing because so many of us face adversity in life. So many of us get knocked down. We face obstacles and challenges. Life is hard, but what happens to us in life is not as important as who we become and what we decide to do with it, right? Life gives us obstacles and adversity and we can be bitter about it or we can choose to be better because of it. And uh, it's not always an easy choice, but it's absolutely a choice every single one of us have the freedom to make. Mm. I love what you said uh, when you said that your life, uh, your story is not even your story. It's God's story told through your life. And how many times do we not recognize that our life has nothing to do with us? Mm. It, it really doesn't. It's what is God up to in my life through me? What is he trying to do in the world? And, and it's difficult for us to think that way because we tend to look at life happening to us, not through us. So, Go ahead, take a minute and share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Well, I'm pretty transparent, so that, that might be challenging, um, but not many people probably know that I was the 2011 and 2012 mountain bike state champion for Alabama and Georgia um, in my division. So, you know, that's kind of those random little known facts and not because I was very good at it. I just decided if I kept pedaling, I could ride over most of anything. It's a great analogy for life. Keep pedaling. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't know that about you. That's pretty impressive. So you got this, uh, something God put inside of you, which is, I'm guessing, resilience. And get back up. Mm. No matter what. Keep pedaling. No matter what. No matter how many falls, how many scrapes, where do you, let me rephrase my question. Where has that been very useful to you? I think some of that's kind of obvious with mm -hmm. how we made the introduction, but where has that gotten in your way? Uh, I think like many of us, 
probably all of us at some point or another, I've been my own biggest obstacle at times, right? We all know of things that we should do or shouldn't do that we do or don't do anyway. And it's interesting because it's uh, Sir Edmund Hillary who reminded us it's not the mountains that we cover, it's ourselves, right? And ultimately, we make our choices in life. God gave us the, the freedom to make our choices, but we cannot outrun the consequences of those choices, positively or negatively. And so much of the time, we don't always choose the right thing. And it's one of the reasons I share my story, because we're, we're human, right? And we have emotions and feelings, but we don't always have to respond to a situation based on those emotions and feelings, Stephen Covey calls it being proactive, right? But I, I bet I'm not the only one who said or done something in the moment and then later thought, man, I wish I hadn't have said or done that, right? But we're emotional creatures. We, we tend to want to respond on those emotions. There's nothing wrong with having feelings and emotions, but it doesn't always serve us well. Andy Stanley tells us our feelings are terrible leaders. And sometimes I've gotten in my own way, just recognizing it's, it's easy for us any of us to, to play a victim to the things that go on in our lives. Because as long as we're blaming someone or something else for what's not going right in our circumstances, we don't have to do anything to fix it, right? Something happened to me, so it's not my fault. So I don't have to do anything to correct it. And what happens to us in life may or may not be our fault, but it's, it's always our responsibility to decide how we respond to what happens. It's mm, beautiful. So a person that goes through a tragic event of being victimized by someone else, uh, especially as a child, as you did, um, it's, it's incredibly difficult for them not to create limiting belief systems in their own mind, negative self-talk, like I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm a piece of crap, etc., um, because of how that the these individuals are treating me less than human. How did you not go there? Or did you go there? And how did you come out of that? Because that would cripple most people. I, I think I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate this early on. But I think I recognized after leaving home, that, you know, I could use what happened to me as an excuse not to go do be and have whatever life could bring me. Or I could say, you know what, I can be bitter about it. I can spend the rest of my life dwelling on it, or I can be better because of it. Now, at the time, the, my definition of, of just surviving was to, to lock up my past behind closed doors and throw away the key. You know, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't talk about it beyond a few uh, family members or close friends. I didn't share it publicly. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want people to see me as a victim. And I didn't talk about it for 13 years. And mm. that really, you know, that's not, that's not true healing. That's surviving. It's getting through. But I, I, I share the, that because, you know, when we won't own our stories and what happens to us, it owns us. Mm. Right. I think healing can only come when we are willing to say, yes, it's painful. It's bad. It's ugly. It's dirty. But, but that doesn't mean that I'm all of those things. Right. And that's where I come into what what happens influences us. There's absolutely no doubt. And you go through hardship. It's hard and and it does influence us, but it doesn't define us. I like to, to think of it as refining us, right, shaping us in some way. But we get to decide how. And that, I think that really 
you know, in those, those years after leaving home, I really was responding based on the emotions, right? There was a lot of pain, a lot of shame and a lot of fear associated with sharing my story. And so I just didn't, I just, you know, did what a lot of people will do and, and put it away. But I think for me, the moment in overcoming that was when I started sharing my story publicly and realizing and telling everyone that I'm not going to let the past hold me back, but that's how I have to do it. Right. I have to own it mm. because that's where healing occurs. You know, a wound is going to leave a scar, but it's got to heal cleanly before, before that scar tissue can build. And, and you know, the interesting thing is the scar tissue is always stronger. Right. But, but sometimes we're not willing to, to just let that wound heal. Sometimes we let it faster. So many of us do that. Yes. How did you know, that you needed to go public with it? Like what inside of you told you bring this shame from your past uh, out into the open for public ridicule or whatever could happen? I mean, that's a lot of exposure to, to put yourself in. Uh, I was sitting in a conference room in Orlando in 2013 and I heard a motivational speaker, Les Brown, and he's said to the whole conference room, you have a story to share and someone needs to hear your story and only you can help that person. And I thought, I've got a story to share, but I don't want to share it. I don't want to tell it. I don't want to. I worked really hard to get away from that. And I spent six months thinking about those words and wondering if I should share my story. You know, was that something that God was calling me to do? And so I went back for a speaker training a, a few months later with Les Brown. And part of the speaker training was everyone was going to create a 60 second speech because Les Brown says the best speakers make the fewest words go the farthest. You could say anything you wanted, but you could only talk for 60 seconds. And I'd been weighing this decision. Should I share my story? Should I share that? Could it help someone? And the morning of the contest and conference came and I just had a meltdown. I mean, ugly mascara running meltdown. I hadn't even told anyone I was thinking about it because I wasn't sure that I could. It had just that much power over me. And, you know, I, I, I talk about that's really the moment where I felt a relationship with God, because in that moment in the ladies restroom, ugly mascara running down my face, you know, I I was like, God, I can't do this. And I just felt this presence that says you can do it, but you don't have to do it alone. So I went back into the conference room and I shared my it ended up being 47 seconds. And it didn't matter, right? It didn't matter if I'd won a contest at that point because I'd won the victory in me. But I did. Uh, I was one of five winners chosen uh, and later invited to share the stage with Les Brown a few months later. And so 10 days after that first time of sharing my story publicly, I resigned from the job that I'd worked so hard to get and gone to college for 10 years to get the degree I needed to do that job. But I discovered the difference between a career and a calling. And I realized I couldn't, I couldn't give this calling all of me if I was, you know, working in a career, very successful career, but not as rewarding, certainly as fulfilling what, what God calls us to do. And so I think it was that moment of realizing I can take something that's terrible and awful, but if I use it in a positive way, it becomes something positive. Can you take my listener through three steps they could take. And I'm very specific with the three steps, three steps they can take. If they find themselves in that victim place in their life right now, the place of powerlessness, um, maybe someone has power over them. 
they've allowed it unconsciously or consciously or something has power over them an addiction a vice what three steps could they take or what are the first three steps that you recommend they take mm. to make that transition away from that uh, weight of that heavy rock that's on, pinned them down right now and they just can't seem to get free, whether it's rocks in their own head. Maybe they're free in reality, but they're still mm-hmm. carrying that past with them and the heaviness those rocks are still in their head. What are your three next steps for them? The first one is responding proactively. And I touched on, I touched on that, right? We don't have to make bad choices in life because of what we've been through. It's not always easy to do it. I, and I know that. And every single morning I get up and I choose to be proactive about what I went through. I can get up every morning and be bitter about it. Or I can say, you know what, I'm going to use this positively. I'm going to respond proactively instead of the emotions and the pain that, that is always there. Can you give an example of that? Sure. I was, I was talking with a, one of my fr- friends. Um, she's also an author and speaker. Um, and Unfortunately, she had a routine tonsillectomy um, at age 20, regular, normal college um, senior, goes in for a routine tonsillectomy and had complications from the surgery and she wakes up blind. And she and I were having this conversation of, you know, it's so easy to question God when we go through these circumstances. And I, you know, I shared with her, you know, I try to respond proactively and and wake up every morning and say, today I can be bitter or I can be better. And she said, I have that same experience. She said, but let me tell you what, every single night I pray that God will give me my sight back. And every single morning I wake up and I'm still blind. And that hit me because, you know, regardless of what we've been through, it's difficult, but, you know, all of us have better days or maybe not so such good days, but most of us don't experience the level of calling or the, the, the calling to trust the Lord at the level she does. Right. I, I don't go to bed every night praying that the Lord would take my past from me. But it's something that she's experienced that every single morning she has to proactively put faith in God and say, he's, he's brought me through this for a reason. So she's definitely a, a, someone who inspires me. And, you know, every single time I get someone, a negative comment on social media, I once had an event planner tell me they didn't want me to come speak at their conference because my story was depressing. And I thought, if you think it was depressing to hear, it was way more depressing to live through. <laughs> Right. And I, and I questioned that and I thought, well, should I, should I not share my story? Do people really find it depressing? Right. And that's the emotion of the moment. I can respond negatively to that, or I can respond proactively and say, you know what, it can be a positive thing when I share it in a, in a positive way. It does inspire people. Hmm. So that's the first step. And it's not easy. You know, every single one of us have the challenge of responding proactively. And there are moments when we don't get it right. I don't get it right all the time. But it's not about being perfect, right? It's just saying, I love Michael Josephson's quote that says, we don't have to be sick to get better, right? There's nothing wrong with us. We're imperfectly, perfectly created in the image of God. But, but we all make mistakes. We are human. But that doesn't mean there's something wrong with us. It's just that we are perfectly imperfect. And that's where the concept of fearfully and wonderfully me came, right? Embracing that just because I make mistakes doesn't mean I am the mistake. 
So the second uh, step there that I, I say is really just identifying what you need to do to move forward from that situation, right? Hope isn't a strategy, but you got to have hope to get a strategy. And, you know, once you realize that a true emotional freedom is responding proactively, that means nobody else can make you have a bad day or a bad week or a bad life, right? Circumstances might be awful. There's no doubt. But joy is a choice that we make. It's not a product of circumstances, right? Just like faith. Faith is, faith is a life-changing belief. And we don't have any concrete evidence to go on, right? We just take it in faith. But you can't walk on water until you get out of the boat. So identify accurately. What's the first thing that me right now needs to do to move out of this situation, to make some progress, whether that's read a book, listen to a great podcast, right? Watch uh, something positive because what we fill our mind with, what we read, what we listen to certainly influences us. And so I'm I'm a big fan of whatever you're going through, you got to grow. You've got to develop yourself. You've got to be intentional about developing your mindset so that you can overcome those obstacles a little easier. Changes our thoughts um, every day. Doesn't have to be all day. Just do something every single day that's going to positively expand your awareness, help you grow. Identify what that is for you. If you're not a reader, listen to an audiobook. Right? Find just find that way. And then third step is step forward consistently. Um, we we don't have to go the whole distance today, but we do have to be intentional because here's the thing: and consistency beats intensity every single day. Right. When we're trying to when we're going through the navigating the fog of life or hardship or adversity, you got to keep going. It's kind of like driving in a car. And I have this image of driving in a car and this fog is all around you. Right. And your headlights won't shine to the other end of the fog. But if you drive a little bit, you can see a little bit further. And if you keep driving and you keep driving and you keep driving sooner or later, you're going to get through that. But you have to keep going. It's not going to, you know, if you just sit there and stay stuck, it's not going to get any better by accident. So step forward consistently. Get that get that growth plan and then one day at a time, one step at a time. Rhea, thank you for those three next steps. Those are simple steps, yet difficult steps based on a person's situation. Mm. BC Nation, I encourage you, again, if you're that one person that we're recording this episode for because God knew you needed to hear this and he's speaking to your heart right now. And he's saying where you are is not where he wants you, but you have to take the step. You have to use the free will he's given you, right? You have to take that action. You have to get out of the boat to walk on the water. He'll help you walk on the water, but you have to get out of the boat. That's within your power. So follow these three steps that we uh, highlighted here today. Click replay if you need to, and uh, really just sit with these three steps. I think they're good. They're solid. And we, on a side note, I think your third step is the title of your next book. Keep, <laughs> keep pedaling. I really ah, do. Oh, thank you. I like that. <laughs> I really do. And uh, because so many of us don't really understand uh, that principle, um, and we don't pick up that lesson in our life. And we stop pedaling uh, even when we hit a bump or an obstacle and we stop because we're like, oh, I can't, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. And it's like, no, if you keep pedaling, you you'll get unstuck. Mm-hmm. Keep pedaling. Um, so thank you for that. Those are, those are very powerful. All right. I'd like to uh, shift here 
Um, we're speaking with Ria Story. You can find her at riastory.com. And Ria is a motivational leadership speaker, a TEDx speaker, an author of 13 books. You could tell she's very articulate in the way she speaks. But what you may not have known if you're just joining us now halfway through the show is that early on, Ria faced adversity in her life. She was sexually abused by her father from ages 12 to 19. She was forced to play the role of his wife and even shared with other men. And she had to escape that and build a life for herself. But she didn't do it by herself. She did it with God. And we were, she and I were speaking offline before we started the show, started recording. And we, we just kind of came to an agreement that life is difficult. It certainly is. Um, and it's, it's made to have struggle because struggle creates friction and friction creates growth. That's why you go to the gym and rip your muscles to make them build up twice as twice the size. And, you know, life is, is, is suffering. There's, there's joy, there's hope, there's peace, there's all the good things in it, but it, it's not absent. Suffering is not absent in life, right? So everybody suffers. Some do it quietly. Some it's more visible. But suffering uh, and doing life without God is, is almost sad and pathetic. It's worse. So you might as well do it with God because we all have to do it. We all have to keep pedaling. So you might as well have God on a, you know, a bicycle next to you telling you where to turn and all right, time to jump. Okay. So Ria, um, I wanted to shift real quick, but before I do, uh, what is one habit or thing that you do uh, to stay inspired um, and to keep trusting in God's plan for your life, even when you don't see it clearly, when you're in the fog? Uh, for me, I come back to, again, that intentional growth. And for me, that's reading. Um, you know, we can find so much inspiration in other people's stories, but it's not just the stories of, of other people who've, who've been around us. It's also the Bible. I mean, think how many stories that can inspire us, you know. And when you're having a Jonah day or a Jonah month, a Jonah season, you know, you can flip back to that and think, if God had a plan for that and can bring someone through that, he can do the same for each one of us. And that's really where that faith comes in. So for me, one thing that I have to do just regularly to, to, to stay inspired every single day, I'm reading something, trying to learn something, um, learning lessons from others as much as possible. I see uh, you're very well read in the way you speak, quoting author after author. And behind you here on camera, you have hundreds of books uh, stacked <laughs> behind you in a bookshelf there. I also see your um, mountain bike uh, ribbons and awards <laughs> all hanging there on the wall uh, to your uh, right. Um, pretty, pretty awesome. Okay, so welcome to my favorite part of the show, Ria. Welcome to the confession round. Uh, this is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like a lot. Let's, let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. You've been through worse. Come on. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite thing about God? Uh, that he can use pain and turn it into purpose. Yes, pain into purpose. What's your least favorite thing about God? The fact that we all have doubts and question why, and he's, he's done that intentionally, but it's still difficult to deal with. Yeah, for sure. What are you most afraid of? 
I think I'm most afraid of not living up to the calling that, that God has given me. Um, I, I think it's a stewardship and it scares me to think that I wouldn't honor that. Do you believe that you're, you're already doing it successfully or do you think like you're not missing the mark? Like, do you have that self-doubt? Just curious. Uh, I, I don't necessarily have the self-doubt. It's just making sure that I'm intentional about staying in line with, with God's plan and not necessarily what Rhea's plan would be. Yeah, got it. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human, like we just mentioned. Uh, what are you currently struggling with, either professionally or personally? Um, personally, I really have made an effort to, uh, adopt healthier eating as just a lifestyle, but cheese, I, cheese is like my downfall and I know it's not great for me, but cheese should be a food group as far as I'm concerned. So I'm, I'm working on baby steps toward less cheese in my life. Keep pedaling girl. Keep pedaling. (laughs) What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Way too much time doing this past year. Um, that would be a difficult one. I, I hope that I've been in balance and in harmony. Um, probably my biggest weakness in that area is I tend to say yes to people too easily. So probably if I had to go back and look, I've said yes to things that are just not my greatest strength. And mm. that causes me to have less time for the things that are my greatest strength. That's a great answer. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, Most of the time when I speak and I share my story, there's always a little bit of a fear in me that there again, I don't want people to see me as a victim. I don't share my story so people will feel sorry for me. But there's always that fear that maybe somebody does feel sorry for me. And that's that's not why I share my story. Hmm, I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Uh, more about grace, yeah. right? I think that we struggle to forgive ourselves. I think we struggle to forgive God. I think we struggle to forgive others. But if, you know, that's really where the concept of grace comes in, that, that we aren't perfect. We are going to make mistakes, but, but grace is there for that. Yeah. What's a new habit you want to create in your life? Hmm. That's another tough one. I'm pretty... I'm pretty intentional um, about that. A new habit. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. What's a bad habit you want to break? And well, does it involve cheese? It's back to the, you know, back to my <laughs> cheese. <laughs> uh, it's not good for me in large doses, but uh, yeah, just one of those things. Small changes. I gave up cheese crackers this year. That was a baby step toward less cheese in my life. Have you ever read the book, Who Moved My Cheese? I have uh, Spencer yeah, Johnson. Very good book. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Uh, speaker, author, and, and teacher. Pick three words to describe who you were uh, before you experienced God's healing and freedom. Mm. Um, bound and broken. Bound and broken. Well said. Those are the perfect three words. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, tell your family and friends only one piece of advice about everything, about life, what would you say to them? I would say 
you know, back to being proactive, that what happens around us doesn't have to determine us. Um, And that's everything from somebody got your order wrong at the restaurant to somebody hit your car in the parking lot to somebody lost their temper with you, right? Because true freedom in life is realizing that things happen, but, but we don't have to let them shift our mindset and our energy. It's always possible to say, you know what? That's happening, but I don't have to let it affect me. I don't have to let it make me mad or sad or upset or frustrated because I get to choose the emotion in response. Mm. You see, Nation, whatever is happening in your external environment, you do not have to digest and internalize. You have that choice. That's what Rhea is saying right now. Rhea, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about seeking that deep relationship with God so that they can be healed and set free in whatever their current situation is? I think the number one question I'm asked is about forgiveness. How do I, how did I forgive my father for what he did? And the best words that I can offer actually come from C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity, where he talks about, you know, the, the debt has been paid, right? When we seek grace and forgiveness for the things that we've done, it's also important to realize that that other person can, can do the same. And it's not, it's not our debt to harbor bitterness or say that you owe me uh, an apology, because really forgiveness isn't about the other person, right? That's a choice that we make because it, it's releasing that bitterness and anger and saying, you know what, I'm not going to give you any single moment more of power over my life and my emotions. You don't get to decide how I feel. Mm, it's so well said. Unforgiveness keeps us in chains, keeps us bound and broken. So the sooner we free that person, we free ourselves. Like it's powerful. Awesome. All right. And what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? What do you got for them? Uh, You can find me on my website, riastory.com. You can also connect with me on social media. I put out tons of motivational quotes and articles and blogs. Uh, Just connect with me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, ria.story. And, you know, I'm always willing to just to share some positive encouragement. So reach out if that's something you're looking for. Awesome. And this is a question I don't ever ask, but I'm going to ask is, what does God have next for you that's scaring the heck out of you? I do a lot of work with survivors of uh, youth survivors who've been rescued from sex trafficking. And it's an incredibly rewarding um, opportunity to work with them. Uh, But it does scare me because we're back to, am am I being a good steward with the story that he's given me? And Am I t- taking the right steps to share that and, and push forward? And, you know, it's there again, it's not about my story. It's really about every single one of us go through something. And, and who are we going to become because of it? Mm, amen. Okay, Rhea Story, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. Well, thank you, Joseph. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, overdrinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called 
powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.